Thanks for checking out the Renew Life Church podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that today's message encourages you. I want to jump right in, and I'll, before we get to our, this message, I want to take us back to how we, how we started out the year. And Braden preached a message just about the importance of the Bible, the importance of, of Scripture. And he asked us this question, what do you really believe? What do you really believe? You know, I find that as believers, we, we want to believe everything that we read in this Word. We want to believe the promises. We want to believe um, the, the crazy things that we read, like when Jesus says, greater works shall you do than what I did. It's like the dude walked on water and spit on some dirt and made a guy see. Like, and he wants us to do greater. Swallow that one, right? But we, we, we want to do what's, what's in here. We want to believe Scripture. But the question I want to ask you this morning is what if we don't? What if we actually don't believe what's in here? We may want to. We may have a great heart and a great desire to, to really believe what we read. But what if we don't? What if we're really, really honest and we're really transparent with ourselves? We realize there's areas of our life, there's promises of God, there's things about our faith that we believe a little bit of it, but there's a lot of us, a lot of uh, uh, things in us that we just, we don't believe. In other words, there's belief and there's unbelief. There's faith and there's doubt. So what do we do about that? Today I want to talk to you around the subject of changing your beliefs, changing your beliefs. I think Braden said it this way, that we believe our beliefs more than we believe the Bible. <laughs> we believe what we already believe more than we believe the Bible. So how do we get our beliefs to actually line up with this? I know that as I asked myself that question that Sunday, he said, what do you really believe? I realized that as I got deep down on the inside and I looked at the things that I, I have faith in and I, and I held my theology up here like this, I realized, oh, there's, there's some gaps. There's some holes. There is some unbelief and doubt there. So what do we do about that? What, if, what do we do if we don't like what we believe? Probably the better question, what do we do if we don't like what we should believe? We don't like what we don't like, what we don't believe. Psalms chapter 1, I'm trying to answer some of these questions. Psalms chapter 1, if you ever need a scripture to memorize or put on your refrigerator, this is the one. I love this verse. Psalms 1, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners. Or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. I want to read that second part again. Those that delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, they are like trees planted along the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. And they prosper in all. Say all. They prosper in all that they do. Romans 10, 17 says this. 
So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news. Faith, belief, trust, it comes from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. So let's dive in this, into this today. I want to title today's message, Tip the Scales. Tip the Scales. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for being here today. We thank you that you're going to speak. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead and to guide us into all truth, all truth, perfect truth, that we receive more wisdom, that we receive more understanding. Holy Spirit, I pray that even as I'm talking, that you would be having personal conversations with each person in this room, that today we would leave changed, that today we, we say, God, we're pursuing you. We pour out our love and our affection on you. And I thank you that we, we reap a great reward today for that because you're just that good. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. I want to ask you this question this morning. Have you ever been at a place in life where you're just on the fence about something? Where you're stuck in maybe indecision? You know, on the fence, that's a, that's a phrase, but it means like you're just, you have this option or this option, and you're just sort of stuck in the middle. You don't really know which one to choose. Like, I'll give you one. Like, many of you are on the fence right now. You know what you're on the fence about? Mexican food or American food as you leave service today? What, what am I going to do? And I'm just going to go ahead and help you get off the fence. The answer is always Mexican food. So many people agree with me, yes. I'll tell you why. Because Jesus is actually in chips and salsa. I don't know if you know this. I don't, I don't know if you've discovered this. But the moment I take a bite of chips and salsa, the presence of God comes over me. That's how good it is, all right? You got Father, Son, Holy Spirit, chips and salsa. Comes in a, a really close fourth place to all three of them. We, we, we find ourselves in, in these places of just indecision. You know, um, maybe something a little more serious. Many of you are businessmen and women, and you handle a lot of money, and you, you're in the oil business, and a lot, of, a lot of things come across your desk, and you have to make really, really big, important decisions. Many times you may find yourself on the fence. Do I go with this or this? Do I go with this or do I just stay out of this? Indecision, on the fence. You know, I found myself in, in this same situation just this week with uh, my, my two-year-old, almost three-year-old Stratton. And uh, I was on the fence with him. You want to know what I was on the fence about? Whether I should keep spanking him or not. I don't know if you've ever been on the fence about this, but here I was, and I, I woke up that morning, got to stay home, and it was just me and him. I was like, sweet, we're going to have a great morning, and Stratton was being good, and he was happy, and, and, then, um, and then all of a sudden, it just like some, one little bad thing happened, and then you know what broke loose. All hell is what broke loose, right? And, and, and I think kids have this, this knowing where it's like if they see that you're happy, they're going to try and ruin it. It's like, oh, you're having a good morning? Mm-hmm, well, just let me ruin this real quick. That's exactly what happened. It was like one little thing happened. It just got worse from there. So um, I'm thinking, okay, I don't have to go into work till like 12. I'm going to get me a good morning workout in. So I'm in the garage. That's when he decides to throw his fit. And there's nothing worse than a kid throwing a fit when you're trying to do something. And why? Anyway, um, 
Still, I may still be a little bit mad about that. But here I am. I'm trying to get things done, and he's just whining. He's hanging on my shirt. And this, I'm like, dude, if you're going to cry, leave. All right? Just, just go. And I'm like, are, are, are you okay? Do you want to stop crying? No? I'm like, all right, good. Go. Go be a girl and go cry in your room. Now, ladies, I'm sorry. I said that the first service, but it's just to make sure you're paying attention. I don't really mean it, okay? I'm like, go to your room. I can't deal with this. Like, go. So I get done with the set, and I'm like, well, I'm going to be a good dad. I guess i got to go check on him. So I, I go in. Got to be a good dad. I'm a preacher. I need Anyway, so I go in, and he's still crying. So I walk in there like, dude, are you serious? You need to stop. I was like, are you done crying? No. All right, good. Well, stay in here and be a girl a little bit longer. I'm out. You keep crying. So I, he kept crying. I went and did my own thing. Finally, I'm like, okay, it's time for a spanking. Gave you a chance. So I give him a little, little tap on the rear, and things don't get better. And then again, and then finally I have this moment where I, where I get on the fence because I realize he doesn't usually act like this. And so I have the thought, maybe he's not feeling good. Maybe he's sick. Now, parents, have you ever done this before where, like, you discipline your kids and later you find out they weren't feeling very good and then you feel really, really bad? Anybody ever done that? It's like, man, I was disciplining my kid, and the whole time they were sick. I am the worst person on the planet. So I'm like, maybe he's just sick. So here I am. Do I keep disciplining him, or do I cuddle my son and then, you know, give him, give him some credit here, give him some grace? I'm like, what am I going to do? I was like, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to take his temperature. And if his temperature is not over 99.5, less than 99.5 equals spanking. So I pick him up, I put him on, on the counter, and he's bawling. And I, like, I go and grab the little head thermometer, which, by the way, they're the worst things ever. Have you ever tried to use one of those things? And they just skip on the forehead. It's like, how do you do this? So like, I need my wife to help me. So I'm like, try So I swipe once, 98.4. I'm like, boy, you better start praying you're sick. You better, you better start. If any time you're going to pray to be sick, this is the time. I swipe again. Error. Like, the dude's praying. He must be praying. <laughs> he must actually be praying. I was like, well, I'm not just going to go off of one thing. So, I, boom, I swipe again, 98.4. I'm like, I'm going to give you one more chance. I swipe again, 98.4. I get three 98.4s. I literally set the thermometer down, pick him up off the counter, spank him, and send him to his room. It was awesome. <laughs> but as he was walking away, I just got to... I got to laugh. I literally laughed out loud. I was, I was like, I literally just took my son's temperature to figure out if I should spank him or not. Like that little bitty thing determined his fate that day, and he had no idea what he was getting himself into. But here I was, and I, I was just, I wanted to do the right thing. And I, and I, but I, I, needed, I needed more information. I needed more truth to come into the situation so that I could make the right decision, so that I could get off the fence. In other words, I needed more truth so that I could tip the scales in the right direction. Can I just tell you today that many of us, we, we, we find ourselves in the areas of our beliefs, in the areas of the things that we have faith in. We, we, we find ourselves in many, many areas on the fence. When it comes to healing, when he says you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Here, here's, the point, here's the point. You're on the fence. You believe it, but there's just as much unbelief. 
You believe that God wants you to prosper and that he's going to provide everything that you need. You believe it, but there's just as much unbelief. And can I tell you that the only way you get off the fence and get into faith is when you bring more truth into your life. Is that you have to bring more knowledge, that you have to bring more wisdom, that you have to bring more truth into your situation, into the situations that you find yourself on the fence. It's only when you bring more truth that you go from unbelief to belief. It's only when you bring more truth into your life that you go from doubt to faith. The question I want to ask you today is where are you on the fence? To the areas that you say you believe in, to your theology, the areas of faith, what do you really believe? When it comes to those areas and you say, oh, I know for a fact I am on the fence, I want you to know today that God doesn't want you to stay there. God's not looking for you to live your life on the fence. No, you want to know what God wants to do? He wants to tip the scales in favor of belief. He wants to tip the scales in favor of faith. He wants to tip the scales in favor of his word and of his promises because he knows if you can grab a hold of this, live in this, speak this, and hear this, your life will change forever. That you can literally be a tree planted along a riverbank. In other words, you're planted in the best place possible because nutrients come by you 24-7. You have everything you, you, you need. You have everything that you want. You bear fruit every season. Your leaves, they don't wither. Because everything you're putting your hand to, you're actually prospering in all that you do. Yes, prospering is more than just money, talking about money. I'm talking about prospering in your marriage, prospering in the relationship you have with your kids, prospering in the relationship you have with your friends, prospering in your job, prospering in your spiritual growth, that you're literally moving forward in every single area. God wants to tip the scales. Say tip the scales. He wants to tip the scales in favor of belief, of his word, of his promises. I believe this is what Paul was talking to us about in Romans chapter 10. He, he was trying to, to get this across that we need more truth in our life. And look at what he says here. He says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. Now, anytime you're reading scripture, you need to know this. If it repeats a word, he's trying to get your attention. He's trying to get your attention. He's wanting you to pay attention to this thing. So here Paul is saying this, belief or faith, it's actually built. It's actually increased by hearing. More faith comes by more hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing what? Hearing the good news, hearing the promises of God, hearing the word of God, hearing what he says about you, hearing what he says you can do, what you can have, who you can be. It comes by hearing it and hearing it and hearing it. I want you to catch hold of this this morning. What you hear most is what you believe most. What you hear most is what you believe most, which, it's why, which is why it's so important that there's more truth coming into your life that you're hearing. Because the more truth that you're hearing, the more truth you will become. The more truth that you're hearing is the more truth you will believe. The more truth that you're hearing and listening to 
is the more truth, is the more faith, is the more trust in God that you can have. It's the more that you'll believe. I think this is why it's so important that we tell our kids who they are in Christ. That we speak to our kids. Why? Because what they hear most is what they will believe most. And can I tell you, they're hearing things. They're hearing things at school. They're hearing things from their, their friends. They're hearing things from YouTube. They're hearing things from TV. And we have to ask ourselves this question, are they hearing more lies than they are hearing truth? Are they hearing more of who they aren't than who they really are? You know, I have, I have this thing. I don't just spank my kids. Actually, I'm, I'm a good dad. I have this thing with, with both my boys, especially my little one, Stratton. I don't know how it started. We were just being silly one night, and I was like, look at me. And he'll be turning. He'll look at me real quick. I'm like, you're the best. And I'll look at me. You're the best. And he started doing it back to me. What do I want him to know? I want him to know he's the best. I want him to know that he's created by God. I want him to know that he will be a man of God, a man of honor, a man of integrity, that he's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that no matter what he faces, God is with him. And my sons can conquer anything because God is on their side. That's who they are. That's who they will become. And that's who they will be to their kids one day. Why? I want them to hear those things because the more that they hear, the more they'll believe it. The more that you hear, the more you'll believe. Many of us know the story or know what, what's happened in our country, especially in New York, the law they just passed about abortion. That it's okay to abort a kid in the third trimester, a living being. And this, this whole thing has swept the Christian community. I've never seen so many pastors be so outspoken about a certain topic. And I don't know if you're like me, but when you heard that news, you were heartbroken, weren't you? You, 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 you couldn't, it's almost like you, you couldn't believe it. And then you went from being heartbroken to ticked off and being mad. And, and I guarantee you, the majority of you in here thought this thought. How could someone possibly do that? You probably saw the same picture I did where it had all the people in power. I'm not really, whoever it was that signed the stuff. They were smiling as they signed the document. And that just fired me up on the inside. And you asked yourself this question, how could people smile and do that? How could they believe, how could they possibly believe that that's okay? I'll tell you how. Because that's all that they hear. How could they believe that? Because they are in an environment and they are in a culture and they are in a system that tells them that is okay, that that is right, and that is truth. And a woman can do whatever she wants with her body. The list goes on and on. And, and, and you sit back here as a Christian knowing this word and like, oh, my gosh, that, that makes no sense. I'll tell you why they believe it. It's because they've been hearing more lie than they've been hearing truth. And when you hear more lie than you hear truth, your lie becomes the truth. What you hear, what you hear shapes your beliefs. What you hear most, you will believe most. So here's the good news. Since that's true, if you want to change what you believe, you need to change what you hear. If you want to change what you believe, you need to change what you hear. In other words, you need to hear more truth coming in. You need more truth coming into your life. You need to be reading. 
You need to be listening to podcasts. You need to join a life group and get in community where the goodness of God is talked about, where the word of God is talked about, where just the things of God are, are, are talked about. Why? Because what you hear most, you'll believe most, and you need to start hearing more. Because it, here's the thing. In our life, in our life, I want you to just to go inside real quick. You have certain beliefs. You have these things that you stand on. And here's how I see it. On the inside of you, in, in all those areas, there's this scale. Like an old school scale where like you can put stuff over here and put stuff over here. The heaviest thing goes down and up. You know what I'm talking about? That's how I see it. Life, social media, experiences, they're actually feeding something. They're actually dropping weights on one side of the scale. And the majority of the time, the thing that life and your experiences drop weight on is unbelief. You, you don't experience what the Word says. You go through something tragic. You don't feel like what the Word says is possible. Or the Word says something and you feel completely different. Here's what's happening. There, that is a voice that is feeding unbelief. And if we're not careful, if that voice is louder and we're hearing that voice the most, guess what? The scales have been tipped, except they're tipped in the wrong direction. They're actually tipped in favor of unbelief, in favor of doubt. See, this is why it's so important that we constantly feed on Scripture. You say, well, I believe in, in healing, but it doesn't happen sometimes, and so I have a lot of doubt. Well, then you need to go find every single scripture about healing until you bring so much truth into your life that you don't doubt it anymore. Because the more that you hear it, the more that you'll believe it. The more that you read it, the more that you'll believe it. The more that you listen to it, the more your belief will finally tip the scales, and you'll go from unbelief all the way over into great faith. See, God doesn't just call us to be believers and not give us the, the tools to actually believe. He's given us the tool. It's called hearing. It's called hearing. You know, athletes, they sort of they get this concept. In the athletic world, um, here's what they, they, they've set up, a, a system that, that sort of coaches you out of wrong things. This is why every practice in every game is filmed. This is why coaches are on the field with you. Why? Because as you go through life, you, you know, as, or I'm sorry, as, you, as you're playing your sport, you don't realize the, the, the dumb things that you do sometimes. You don't realize the, the wrong step here or the wrong throwing motion here or the wrong bat path in, in baseball. Like you, don't, you don't see those things because you're doing that. You need someone on the outside to look and say, hey, you're doing that wrong. Hey, when you're taking a three-step drop, you know, you need to stretch out that first step so you get enough depth and so you can see over the line. Oh, you're overthrowing the, the, the receiver? That's because you're stretching out too far. You need to make that first step short. This is a quick quarterback lesson for everybody right now. Quick, you know, make that, that step short so that you can get on top of the ball and throw it over. As a player, you don't know those things. Oh, but when you watch film and when you have a coach to point those things out, then you learn. But here's what great coaches do. They don't just tell you what you're doing wrong. They tell you what to do right. You need to understand this about belief. The only way you get bad beliefs out is that you put good beliefs in. 
The only way you get bad beliefs out is that you put good beliefs in. It's not enough to say, I don't believe that anymore. It's not enough. You need something to believe in. You need, a, you need the good habit. You need the right thing to do. You need the right thing to believe. You need to bring more truth into your life. And I promise you this, once you do it, you will tip the scales. You may, you may be out there today and you think, oh, that, that sounds naive. That sounds, that sounds childlike that I would just, that I would accept the, this scripture's reality over earthly reality. You're dang right it sounds childlike. That's what we're called to be. Children, have a childlike kind of faith that says, I'm going to believe this even when my circumstances tell me something different. I'm going to believe the promise even when I have the problem still really, really big in my life. I'm going to believe God heals even though I'm not healed yet. I'm going to believe God provides even though I don't have a job. I'm going to believe that God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory that are in Christ Jesus, even though I'm pretty needy right now. Am I telling you to, to deny the facts? No. I'm just telling you to believe a superior reality. It's called heaven's reality. There's a reason. There's a reason that Jesus, that he he prayed, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He was saying, I want this reality to come down to this and change it. He was saying, God, I realize this is, this is bigger, that heaven, heaven is better. Heaven is more real than what I'm going through right now. You know what this looks like in your life? It looks like this. If your life is gripped by fear and every decision you make is out of fear and you'd be honest with yourself, you, you have a lot of fear. That means that you find as many scriptures as you can about the goodness of God, about the love of God, because it says that perfect love casts out, perfect love casts out fear. So the more that I know about his love, the more scripture I can read, the more, the more love I can hear, the better opportunity I have to cross over, tip the scales, get off the fence, and go from fear and actually living into the love and the peace of God. This means for those of you who know about the grace of God, you know that he forgives you, but you still feel guilty. You still feel condemned. You still feel like you're a mess up. In fact, you still mess up. And you know the truth that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that his blood is, is bigger and better, that it washes you and cleanses you from all sin, but you feel condemned. What do you need to do? I'll tell you what you need to do. You need more truth of the grace of God. You need to feed on it. You need to read it. You need to listen to it. You need to pour your life over it so that you go from feeling condemned to feeling like a son. You go from feeling condemned to feeling like a daughter. You go from feeling guilty to knowing that you can come boldly into the throne room of your gracious God because you have nothing wrong with you because he fixed it all. He transformed you. 
close with this story. I remember, as, as Braden said, what do you really, what do you really believe? And he spent a couple weeks talking about speculation, how if we, we sort of catch and realize the things that we speculate, it gives us um, insight into what we really believe. In other words, whenever you, your spouse doesn't show up uh, at the time that they're going to show up, what are you speculating? That something bad has happened to them, that they're doing something wrong? You see, your speculation gives insight into what you really, really believe. And as he said that, I realized, wow, I speculate negatively a lot of times. Wow, there, there are some gaps in, in what I really, really believe. I, I'm not speculating the way that a believer I think should. And as I'm sitting just right over there, I remember having this conversation with God, like, yeah, I'm not, not speculating too good right now. What, what do we do about this, God? What do we do about that? And I believe he gave me an image. He gave me a, an illustration just right there. And he gave me the image of a percolator. Anybody know what a percolator is? Yeah? You know, it's, it's, it's this thing that brews coffee. And I have a little picture, a little science lesson for you today real quick. Um, y'all just bear with me here. This will help at least three of you in here today, okay, if you're like me. But he gave me this picture. I looked up how they work. And here's how they work. They have a heat source at the bottom, and it starts to heat up the water and boil the water, and it, it comes up this tube, and it begins to pour out over the grounds of coffee. And, and, and this process just it keeps going. It keeps cycling through. So it'll start shooting the water up and pouring over the grounds, and it'll bring a little bit of coffee into that solution, and it'll, it'll come back up, and it'll keep doing that. It'll keep cycling through until it's strong enough until it actually becomes uh, good to drink, that the, the coffee actually becomes strong. So at times, there's just it's a little bit watered down, but the more it sort of brings up a little bit of coffee and water and comes back through and it gets stronger and stronger until it's ready to drink. I feel like here's what the Lord said. This is what my believers need to do with the Word of God if they want to believe more. When it comes to believing more, this is what their life should look like. That they should stir themselves up and get on fire when they want to and when they don't. And they should literally pour themselves over the Word of God. They should cycle themselves through the Word of God, through His promises, through what He says, through His stories, through the testimony of other believers, that they're cycling their life through the goodness of God, in the love of God, in the Word of God, until they get strong enough to drink, until this belief gets so strong on the inside of you that you get off the fence that you tip the scales and you have more faith than you do doubt. I want you to know this is available for you. This is available for you. But you are going to have to go out and go after it and go get it. You know what so many Christians do? Can I just be real with you this morning? What so many Christians do, they sit around and they pout and they doubt. They pout and they doubt. I wish, wish I could be like them, wish I could believe more, wish, and they're doubting, and they're pouting, they're doubting. No, no, you can do something about it. Hear more truth. Bring more truth into your life. 
cross that line over into belief and faith. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can find out more about our ministry at RenewLifeChurch.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Also, our app is available for download so that you can stay up to date. Again, we are so glad you joined us. If you're in the Midland Odessa area, we invite you to come be our guest at one of our services. Have a great day, and we hope to see you soon.